Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go Go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. You are listening to episode 49 of Freelancer to CEO. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey, hey there. Welcome back to another episode. I cannot wait to bring you today's guest interview with Kristen Westcott. We had such an exciting conversation on how you can automate your client onboarding experience to make it so that your clients feel like the process runs smoothly, they can feel at ease, they can feel secure, and the whole point of making the client onboarding experience smooth and seamless is so that your clients will be happy, satisfied, and they will become your referral machines. A lot of my business now, the clients that I have, come to me solely from a referral basis. They know someone who knows someone and who's worked with me, and that's how the process goes. And really, all of it starts with that onboarding process. And Kristen goes into a little bit of detail about how it actually starts before you even sign a client on and what happens when they find you. So we're going to dive into all of that. Kristen has such an amazing story, and I can't wait for you to hear it. I'll give you a little bit of background about who Kristen is. She is a business growth strategist and the founder of Kristen Westcott Media. She has spent the last decade in the legal and education field supporting leaders and students in the areas of goal setting, productivity, and project management. After recognizing her true passion lives in serving entrepreneurs, Kristen honed her skills as a director of operations. She quickly noticed that what was holding many business owners back wasn't the lack of driver ability, but a lack of foundational systems that could support the day-to-day operations of a scaling business. These days, she spends her time helping online coaches, copywriters, and course creators scale without the frustration that massive growth often brings. She, like I said, again, is totally speaking my language. You are going to love this interview. And let's go ahead and dive on into the interview with Kristen Westcott. Kristen, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for coming on and chatting all about the client onboarding experience. Yeah, I'm so excited to be sharing this with your audience today. Yeah. So I just want to, before we dive into all that good stuff on onboarding our clients, I want to give my audience a chance to get to know you a little bit behind the scenes of who you are and how you got into this online space and where you are now. 
Sure. So my name is Kristen and I live, we were just talking, I live in Niagara Falls, Ontario, which is just north of the Buffalo border in New York. And I work as a business strategist and operations consultant for those who are in the online space, whether they're just getting started or whether they're kind of hit that six figure mark. I work with a lot of female service providers that are really, they've just gotten started. They know things are going the direction they want. They know what they want to do. They know their offers, who they want to serve but they just seem to kind of be spinning their wheels and they're maxing out their hours and they just, they don't understand how they can keep going at this pace. And so what I do is I work with them to figure out how we can get some systems in place and how we can start to do things more strategically so that they can really spend that time doing what matters most in their business and seeing the results and the growth that they're looking to see. So I, I'm so excited to, to be able to kind of talk with women particularly because I know there's, there's so many areas of our lives that we have to juggle that a lot of, you know, maybe men don't necessarily have to think about <laughs> on a regular basis. And so uh, I, I chose to focus specifically on female entrepreneurs because I feel like that's well, I'm in the same space, right? So I'm a mom, I've got two young kids, my kids are three and five, and I can see how easy it is to just kind of want to give up when you're feeling mm -hmm. stressed to the max and um, really lacking that time. And so that's one of the reasons why I decided to focus on women and supporting women, because there really is, it doesn't have to be either or, it can be both. You can have a successful thriving business and not lose your sanity on the home front at the same time, so... <laughs> You are speaking my language and I love language. Basically. I mean, everything that you're talking about, it's right aligned with how I feel. And how did you get started in this? Is this been, was this a transition for you? What did you do before this? I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. So this was a transition for me. I, I feel like it's been a journey to get to where I'm supposed to be. And I didn't realize I was on all those different elements of that journey. And so you know, if I think really far back, back when I was a kid, I was one of those weird, weird little kids that every August I would come down with a list for my mom of like all the things I needed for back to school. Like a month before school started, I'd be like, I need four pairs of black socks and two pairs of white socks, like really like detailed, right? And my mom would look at the list and go, okay, I guess we're ready for back to school shopping. And then I'd get that agenda in September and I would go home so excited to sit down and like write out all of the things in it. And I didn't understand that all my friends weren't this way. <laughs> And never really thought about that actually as being part of my journey. But when I finished um, university, I went to become a law clerk, which I think is very similar to a paralegal role in the United States. And I went through for school and I worked in a law office for seven years doing commercial litigation. And that requires a whole lot of moving pieces. You're juggling schedules and compiling briefs. It, it really is actually one of those industries that's quite a bit like they show it in Hollywood, minus what happens in the courtroom. That is just all drama. But all the, the scenes that you see behind the scene with everyone like working and the stacks of paper to the ceiling, like that really is what it's like <laughs> in a litigation firm. And I was working there in 2008 around the time of the crash, the market crash in 2008. And because I was doing commercial litigation, what I was finding was that I was actually having to take action against a lot of small businesses because they were the ones that were really drastically affected by the recession and unable to kind of get those loans and those grants and, and things that were happening at the time. And for those of us who know, because we're in the small business space, when you start out, if you get a loan from the bank, you have to put your personal collateral on the line because you don't have anything else to secure that. And so what ended up happening was we were going after their homes and their children's education funds. And I just got to the point where I couldn't sleep at night. Like I dreaded going into work. I had that knot in my stomach because 
as much as I loved like the project management and all the organization and the detail side of things, I could not sleep being part of that process. And so from there, I transitioned into education and I got to work with great students. So I worked with the university students that were completing their undergraduate degrees. And, you know, when you transition from high school to university, again, they go from like having their whole world regulated to total freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I got to kind of support them with how do they goal set and how do they manage this time that now is all of a sudden free and how do they break down the essay writing process so that they're not pulling those all nighters. Um, and again, I loved that role, but it was very corporate. Um, and then when I had children, it wasn't flexible for me to be able to be home when they were sick and drop off and things like that. And so I started looking for other ways that I could still work with people on those same types of things that would allow that freedom and that flexibility. And that's when I found, you know, the wonderful online world and decided first I was going to become a life coach. Um, and again, I loved that, but for whatever reason, it just never fully resonated with me a hundred percent. Like I felt like it was again, part of that journey, but I never really landed on what I was actually meant to do. And when I put all of those pieces together, going back from when I was a kid, like geeking out over the agenda to like all the project management in the law office to now like systems and strategy are really, really my forte. It's just like, it's something that just comes so easy to me. And I didn't see that as an opportunity for a business because it's, it's one of those things like you don't see what's easy for you as something that somebody else might struggle with. And so mm -hmm that's kind of like the long journey of how I ended up doing what I do today is just, you know, it took me a while to actually realize that this was my zone of genius. Mm -hmm. I love, I love hearing the journeys too, and how you, there, all those things too, even though it's like, I wish I would have landed on this, you know, from step one, I think those are important pieces. And especially too, I think a lot of women struggle with if they are in the online space, like things not happening fast enough for them. But I think that you probably would agree that all those pieces you took a little bit from each one of those things and it made it so that now what you're doing, like you feel so secure in and you feel so aligned with because you've had all these other opportunities to see what it's like doing different avenues. And now this feels so right. And it also probably aligns with you being a mom too. I mean, that's why I got into what I was too. I, I loved being a teacher, but at the same time, it, it didn't align with that piece of me of being a mom and having the flexibility and the freedom to be home with the six sick kids. So I totally relate when you were saying that. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those, because again, when you become a mom, you don't think about it. But when I had to miss my daughter's first day of, of school, like her very first day, not just the first day of every grade, but like the very first time she was going off to school and I couldn't get that day off because it was, it was the first week of classes at university. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was crushed. So same thing, teachers, you have to be there for the first day of class. You can't get that time off. That's when it really hit me. Like, oh, wow, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> I well, need to find something that does. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I just love it. And that's why I'm just so dedicated to like helping other moms see that, that they can make this work for them and not to give up. You know, you and I had talked a little bit, you know, behind well, before we pressed record, but just to see that this can be a viable option for them so they don't have to feel like it's all or nothing or it's one or the other, that they can have a successful business, have something they're passionate about and be the mom that they've always wanted to be. So I love that, that you and I share that mission too. Absolutely. So let's go ahead. Let's, we, we talked about your story and I'm so glad you shared that because I think that's going to resonate with a lot of my listeners, but let's go ahead and dive into the client onboarding process. So I love processes. I love systems. I love when you were talking about the agenda and having it all organized, like speaking my language, like I said. So what processes need to be in place so that when we bring on a new client, that that process can be seamless and we can really wow them with our onboarding process? Yeah. So 
when you hit the online space in particular, that's when the system becomes a little bit more important. If you have like a brick and mortar or you're doing in-person coaching or consulting, you there's that connection, right? That in that personal connection that you get. And it's a little bit harder to build that online. And so that's why having a really streamlined process can help build that connection and that rapport a little bit easier because it's it can be more challenging in the online space to try and get to that same point. And so right from the time that that person finds out who you are, that's when the onboarding experience starts. So a lot of people think that the onboarding doesn't start until you know, you're, you're starting your actual project, but you have to back that up a little bit and think about, okay, when they find out who you are before they can even get on a call with you to find out if they want to hire you, that's where we're starting the onboarding processes. How easy is it for them to find a way to get a hold of you? Um, and sometimes people, you know, they'll have their social media feeds will be great, but because we can only have one link in our bio, a lot of times that's not pointing them to how they can actually get a hold of you to start working with you. So I would start right there and see, go through whatever way you're using to attract clients, whether that's Facebook or Instagram, you have a website, whatever that source is for you. And first look to see is how easy is it for somebody to get on a call with me? Um, and then from there, look at, okay, what are the hoops they have to jump through to get this call? Am I making it really simple for them, like having an online scheduler? And I know this sounds really simple, and it's one of those things that we often overlook, but I don't know how many people I work with where they connect with me via email, and I say, sure, let's hop on a call, and I'll get, you know, I'll say, where, what's the link to your scheduler? And they'll be like, oh, I don't know, are you free Tuesday at two? And then it starts like kind of this back and forth process. So that's, I mean, usually as soon as I get that, I send them the link to my scheduler, but I like to see, that's kind of my test <laughs> for my clients because of what I do is to see whether or not how far along they are on that systems process. And if they don't have a schedule, that's the very first thing we put in place is Calendly and Acuity are free, right? Mm -hmm. So cost shouldn't be, I know when you're first starting a business, cost is, you know, a factor for a lot of us, but they're free. So there's no reason why we can't get a wonderful scheduler in place that just makes it really easy for someone to book a call with us. Um, and then making sure that we have the link to the call. You know, most people now are using Zoom or Skype to connect with people. Um, and if you're not, and you're still doing phone calls, I recommend that you shift that onboarding process to be have some kind of video component because we've lost that face-to-face. -face. That can be one way that you really can try and build some of that rapport with that person as you're bringing them on. So if you're using phone um, or email as part, a large part of your onboarding process, I would see where you can substitute in either a Skype conversation or Zoom. Um, and Zoom does have a free call platform if you're just getting started. So I don't want to get into all of the different technical pieces, but find a video conferencing piece that works for you and make sure the link that they're going to be on is directly in that email because so many times people will set up those schedulers and they'll have the call time and you know the date and the call time and the location will say Zoom, but it won't actually have the direct link to the Zoom channel in there and then people can't connect with you, right? Mm -hmm. They're waiting, they're looking, they call up their appointment and they can't get online and then they're sending some emails and that's, so that already sends a signal to them that, oh, this working relationship might be a little bit more challenging than what I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, again, you can set up reminder emails and a lot of people will forget to send those, but it's nice to have a reminder, you know, a day before and then even an hour before. 
right? As moms, we know we get busy. We have the best intentions of wanting to connect with that person. But if we're not getting a reminder 24 hours in advance to say, don't forget, this is on your calendar tomorrow, then we might not be in a position to have the kids settled or be in a space where we can have that conversation and focus all of our attention on that individual for that amount of time. So um, that's kind of like just getting started the basics. Do you want me to just kind of keep going or do you yeah. want? Okay. Yep. I love it. <laughs> all right. I wasn't sure if like you had another question. So, okay. So then from there, what I like to do is if depending on your, the type of service that you have, I like to send them a little intake questionnaire. And usually the intake questionnaire for me, um, and you can do this in Google forms. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to pay for anything. If you've got a Gmail account, you can go in and do it in the Google form. And I like to get the link to all of their social, their website. So again, it depends on who you're working with, but most people that I'm working with and we're working with other online business owners. And so getting the link to those, those accounts, getting the link to their websites, um, finding out a little bit more about what their expectations are for the call, what their main challenges are, right? And go through and create maybe five to seven questions for that person. Um, and depending on how far along you are in your business, you might actually extend that questionnaire out because if you don't want a lot of leads coming in, you're going to want a more likely questionnaire so that you can really qualify the leads before they get on the phone. If you are just starting out, then you want to lower that barrier to entry and you want to just have maybe five questions, like I said, with some of their social media and their uh, website on there. That way you can go ahead and check them out ahead of time. You can go check out their social feeds, check out their posts, look at their website, really get a feel for their business, the values that they're putting out there, the kinds of conversations they're having in the online space. So you could be prepared when you show up to that call to really position yourself as the expert for whatever service package it is that you're going to be wanting to work with them on. Um, and then obviously show up to the call ready to go you know, have your background cleared of any toy and kid clutter. It doesn't matter if you shove it under the table in front of you, right? Just make sure that your background is nice and clear um, and that you're in a quiet space. And, you know, I just want, I always say this to other moms out there, like there is no shame in turning on Disney plus for 45 minutes. If that's what you need to do to take that call, right? We are, we are trying to work around a very changing landscape right now. Like we have children home all the time, maybe not as many activities as we were able to put them in before. Things are shifting quickly. And so if you need to put the TV on for 30 to 45 minutes, you go for it. You put that TV on and you do what you got to do because you've got to run your household. You've got to watch your kids and you've got to go for this passion because if you don't continue with this piece that you're so passionate about, you just won't have the energy to to be the mom that you want to be, right? You'll, you start to get frustrated because you don't have that outlet for your own passion. And so if your business is your passion, then you need to do what you need to do to kind of clear that space to, to be able to do that. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now about that, but I just feel so many moms are shamed for, you know, TV time and too much screen time. But when you are trying to get a business off the ground or really work in your business that you've grown, you've put so much time and energy into it. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Right. I love that you brought that up too, because it's, it's important for other moms to hear that. And just because you have to do it for that, you know, 30 minute window or whatever, it doesn't mean that's your whole day. It's not like you're sitting down in front of the TV all day, but if you, you've got to adjust and roll with the punches. And sometimes we have to, I know that when my, when all this happened, my son was going to school a few times a week and I would get a two hour window in the morning where I could really get stuff done. And all that changed. And my husband was home and he wanted to take over the computer. And I'm like, 
you guys are messing up my schedule, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. hard for us to adjust to that, but give yourself some grace. So I love that. I love that you said that too. All right. I want to shift over now. Once we've onboarded a client and we've brought them in, they've paid that invoice. We're getting ready to begin work with them. What can we do to really make that process seamless for them? Or do you have any tips for processes or systems to put in place once they're actually working with us? Yes. So I think, first of all, it's really nice. And I know everybody's a little bit resistant to this, but try and set some packages. I know we all want to just accommodate everybody and make everything custom, but you as the expert in your area know what it is that they need to be successful. So I've worked with a couple of different copywriters that people will come to them saying, can you write me some Facebook ad copy? And they'll say, yeah, absolutely, I can write you the Facebook ad copy. And then often what happens, I shouldn't say often, sometimes what happens is that ad copy won't necessarily convert the way that the business owner wanted it to convert for them. And so then they're coming back to the copywriter saying, hey, your copy didn't convert. And the copywriter will say, they come to me in like frustration going, it wasn't my ad copy. It was the landing page or the email sequence, right? There's so many components for something to convert that if you as the copywriter are just writing that one piece, you can't guarantee it's going to convert. So why don't you set a package for your customer saying, I can absolutely create that Facebook copy for you, no problem. But in order for me to know whether or not your copy is going to convert, I will need to make some tweaks to your landing page or maybe make some tweaks to your nurture sequence or what have you. So I'm going to suggest that we work with this package here because then I can really guarantee that you're going to see a shift or a change in what's happening, right? And so, I mean, that's just one example, right? If you're a copywriter, you know what it's going to take for your client to get results. And so oftentimes we're just so willing to be like, sure, I'll do whatever you want me to do when we get on the phone. But I encourage people to actually make some of those packages so that your client experience and whatever, you know, is really going to go smoothly because you know what it takes for them to get the results and to make them happy. Um, and so to create a couple of those packages that you can position and then, then their, their expectations will be more in alignment with what you can deliver. So once you have those packages, then go into Canva and create just a beautiful one or two page PDF with a little bit of a welcome kit to it. So looking at, and you don't have to, like I said, you don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this, just go into Canva and, and put together, you know, like something simple about a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your expectations, right? You know, as a mom, I work flexible hours, but I typically, you know, work Monday to Thursday from 10 till three, right? Put in there your typical hours, your, your expected rate for turnaround time on email, the best way to contact you because otherwise they will be contacting you from every possible way, right? You'll get a DM in your Instagram and your Facebook and an email, and maybe they'll try and find you on Boxer and they'll be trying to connect with you in so many places and you'll be hopping all over the place trying to make sure you're staying on top of all the communication. So if you can put a little welcome kit together, that's just a couple of pages, letting them know all the best practices and the best ways that you work to make sure that their experience is really top notch, then I think that's great. So once they've paid you that money and you, they've signed the contract, then I would send them this little welcome kit um, and then say, let's hop and then let's schedule our kickoff call. So we go back to that scheduler, you send them the link and they schedule a kickoff call. And on that kickoff call, that's where you're walking them through again, what it is they've agreed to. 
but from a different perspective, right? More from like they're on board, but let's talk a little bit about how this is gonna go. This is kind of what I need to get started. I need these six things from you. I maybe need access to your, you know, a certain account. I need some copy from you, whatever that happens to be. And then these are the deadlines and timeline of this particular project, because I know a lot of freelancers get caught up in this space where somebody books them, they pay the money and the project goes on forever. And then people are asking for more revisions. And then two months later, they come back and they want something else changed. And so this is why it's so important to have that kickoff call where you walk through and you outline the timelines for the project. Say, I'm gonna get the first draft to you by this date, which is two weeks from now. I need your revisions within one week. And then I'm gonna get the, the second round of revisions to you or what have you, right? Setting those parameters in your kickoff call with dates and what have you and saying, if you're unable to get turn that around to me in a week, then I can't guarantee I'll have the second round done by this date, right? Because you've got multiple clients that you're juggling and you're setting these dates around what you've already got on your calendar. So having that call really, really helps clear up those expectations. It helps build that report, helps set the boundaries, <laughs> which us as female service providers are not always great at those boundaries, but they are necessary, especially when you are, are working from home with family around to have those boundaries in place. And so I find whenever I don't do a kickoff call, which is not often anymore, but when I was first starting out and I didn't do that kickoff call, those were the clients where there was always a little extra they were pushing for, or the project didn't go quite as well as we'd hoped, or they weren't just as satisfied with the results. Whereas when I did the kickoff call and we went through all of those things and they were able to ask all their questions about the project, then things from there really went smoothly. And then from there, I like to just kind of find that one method of communication. So for me, that's email. I bring all my clients into email and then I, I give them all an Asana project. And I put everything in there and I'm constantly touching base with them throughout the project. So let's say I have two weeks before my deliverables due. At the end of the first week, I will just shoot them a quick email saying, your project's coming up. I'm going to have everything to you by next Friday. I just wanted to let you know, here's where I'm at. I'm where I've, I've finished these three parts. I'm working on these last two and I'll have the whole thing to you by Friday, right? Even though you haven't promised them anything until that date, it's really nice for them to not wonder like, giving this person my money and they're supposed to give me something in a couple of weeks, like, are they working on it? Are they running away with my money? Right? Especially in the online space, we've all purchased that course or, you know, hired that person that hasn't delivered in the way that we thought they would. And so we want to make sure that our clients aren't having that, those thoughts or feelings about us throughout the time that we're working with them. And so I always send a, you know, a Thursday, every Thursday, I send an email to my clients, letting them know where we're at within the project and when they can expect the next piece to be delivered. I love that. I, that's so great too. And, and I think that's going to go right into my next question because all these pieces that you're putting in place, number one, I think they're making your life easier as a business owner and but they're also really helping to wow that client so that they will turn around and rave about you so that you can stop spending all your time doing all this marketing because now that you have basically ambassadors out in the online space to go and say, hey, I hired Kristen and it was amazing experience. You have to talk to her. She's totally going to change your world. So what are some things that you can make sure that you can do like to wow those clients other than this onboarding process, but anything else, any little tips to really make it so that these clients turn into these referral machines for us. Yeah. So like I said, that constant communication is one of the big things because when people are nervous 
they're not going to be recommending you, right? Even at any point throughout that project, if they're like not sure where things are at, then there's that doubt in their mind. So I like to have that constant point of communication, whatever that may be for you, whether it's email or whether you use a project management system and you bring them on board. Um, to me, I like to have as much transparency as possible with the people that I work with. So I love to create a project for them in Asana and add them to that project so they can see as I'm going along, how I'm ticking things off and where I'm at with certain things. Um, I'm not expecting them to do anything in Asana, but it's there so that they have that peace of mind of, I can go and check anytime to see the progress of this. I think that is great. Another thing that I will do is I use Boxer with my clients. I'm not, I don't know. I don't recommend it for everybody. If you have like 20 clients at a time, then that would be a lot of Boxers. But if you only work with a few clients at a time, then it becomes more manageable. Um, and I don't know if your listeners know what Boxer is, but it's like a, a voice walkie talkie app where you can leave messages and you kind of just go back and forth. I use Voxer with my clients again, to just kind of give them quick updates. They can always fire me back questions. If at any point throughout the process, I have a question that I'm not sure on, I don't have to wait until the Thursday email to ask them. I can just kind of send them that question in there. And a lot of them really appreciate that back and forth and just that constant contact for them to know that. I haven't forgotten about them. I am working on them. This is kind of where we're at within that project. Um, and so I think that's a really big piece. But the one of the biggest ways to get those referrals and to have people shouting your name from the rooftops is to actually do an offboarding process as well. And I think this is the part. So people have heard about onboarding. We know the importance of onboarding, but a lot of times we forget to offboard the client. So we'll send them their product and then that'll be that, right? We we don't do anything further. They don't hear from us again, where I think it's, it's, you should have more of a process to your offboarding that might start a couple of weeks before you're finished that product. Again, if it's only a two week project, then obviously your offboarding process wouldn't start that early, but to have a little bit of a process that's about 10% before completion, where you're starting to wind up that process and let the client know the next steps. So I like to send an email out saying, okay, we're about two weeks away, or I've done my second round of revisions. We have about two weeks left. You know, we're, we're going to finalize these three things and touch in there. Like, these are the things that are outstanding. I know, I know we've got these things to do, but after that, you know, then this is what you can expect from me. I will allow you to have Voxer support for me with, from me for the next 10 days so that if you have any questions about the final deliverable, you can feel free to Voxer me. Uh, you know, for the next 10 days after that project, I will keep your Asana project open. I will archive it on this date, right? Talking a little bit more about what they can expect. Um, and then I, again, I go into Canva and I have a template set up that I just literally pre-populate things. But because I do a lot of systems work, I do videos for people. So I will do a Loom video or, or a Zoom video. <laughs> you know, they all rhyme these days. <laughs> Letting, walking them through a little bit about how to operate that system that I've put in place for them, right? And so then they get a little PDF with all these clickable links in case they forget, right? Mm -hmm. And so then they can always be like, oh, right, I can go back to that video and watch how Kristen showed me how I can get to that point in that system or how I archive this file or, or what have you. And so whatever that looks like for you, you can give them a nice PDF with the links to everything they need in that PDF. And then you can do a quick Loom video or, or a Zoom video and put a link to that in there where you do a final walkthrough of, here's your project, here's your product, whatever happens it is, do a walkthrough, talk about different elements of it, how, how much fun you had working on this piece, how great this is gonna be for their audience, really kind of talk up that final product. Um, and then tell them about how much you loved working with them 
and how you really kind of hope to work with them again in the future, right? This is where you're kind of planting the seed because business owners very rarely do they ever need that project not repeated again down the road, right? So you're gonna try and set them up to remember you to come back for the next time. And then if you have a referral bonus, a referral fee or anything like that, that's a great place to mention it too, to say, you know, I'd love to work with more clients like you. I had such a great time working with you. If you know anybody that you know you think would be a great fit for something like this, I would love if you would refer them to me. Just so you know, I do have a referral program where I give 10%, 20%, $100, whatever it happens to be, to people who refer me. Um, if you're interested in that, I'm putting a link in the email below this video or something like that, right? And then they're, they're getting that. So when you're offboarding them, it's not just like, boop, here's your PDF. It's PDF, you've got this video, you've got all of the links you could possibly need, right? And I usually say right at the top of the email in bold, like bookmark this email, save for later so that they can always kind of come back if they have any questions um, and really kind of make it a process. And then the final call or the final day, I put all of that together in a nice kind of little package for them. I love that. I love the, the video piece because when I started doing that, when I started adding videos, especially with that communication, because sometimes it can get, things can get skewed a little bit and they're like, wait, what do you mean? And so I would, even with client communications, like if we had a question on something, I am such a visual person. So I would just do a Loom video and say, this is what I'm looking at. These are where I have, you know, and so it was easier for them. And then that way it, I think that helped lessen the back and forth of do this and then do that. So I love that you brought that up. The Loom video is, is amazing. And I love how you talk about like packaging it all up and, making it so that it, I know my listeners are just going to love that. They love walking away with like something they can take and put into place. Kristen just basically gave you the word for word, you know, like this is what to say in that final email. So it's, it now it's, it takes that pressure off of what do I say? How do I say it? So I love that. Love that you brought that up, Kristen. Well, this has just been amazing. You have given such great advice. I think that this is going to be a really great episode to really help wow the client and make that process seamless and thank you just so much for for sharing that with us and if you have anything that you want to share with my listeners i would love it if you you know go ahead and share that with them right now yeah so i've i've put together a roadmap to help people kind of figure out especially as moms <laughs> we have the vision we have an idea of where we want our business to go but sometimes it can seem like it's really impossible to get there. And so I put together a roadmap for business growth, which helps you take your one year goal and break it down into milestones and then break those milestones down into months. And then kind of looking at where those tasks are so that you can start to fit them into the little parts of your day that you have. Because sometimes we get so caught up in our client work that, and, and obviously raising our children, that we don't get to actually see any growth on our own business. We don't get to transition from freelancer into solopreneur or you know, from solopreneur to multiple six-figure business owner. And we can kind of get stuck where we're at because we don't see how we can start to make those changes. And so this guide, it's a 15-page guide, walks you through step-by-step -step with an example on how to go breaking that down so that you can start to fit some of these tasks in 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day to start making shifts towards your goal and your vision for your business. So um, that I think we've given you the, the link for the mm -hmm. show notes for you guys to kind of go ahead and download that. Um, and because I know everybody is so visual with that email, uh, the email nurture sequence that'll come off the back end of that, there's about eight different videos that walk you through each component of it. So you don't have to sit down and do it all in a day. 
I'm a mom too. I know that that's not going to happen. And so each day you get a new video that walks you through a different segment of that process. So you can kind of tackle it step by step. Love it. Thank you so much. And yeah, we'll link that up in the show notes for you guys. So you can go and grab that. And then lastly, Chris and I just would like to let you um, share with my audience where they can come connect with you if they want to learn more about you or follow along all this, all the good stuff. Yeah. So you can, I, I just redid my website. So let's hope everything is working on there, but it's kristenwestcottmedia.com. Um, and as far as social, I am most active on Instagram at kristen.westcott, but you can also find me on Facebook at Kristen Westcott Media and on LinkedIn. I know a lot of freelancers are on LinkedIn as well. So I'm at LinkedIn at Kristen Westcott as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for all of your knowledge today. It's been a blast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.